Welcome to From One Mom to Another with Cindy Anderson. I subscribe to the belief that women need women. As a mother of seven, she is versed in all aspects of the triumphs, joys, and challenges of parenting. Tap into your own strengths and trust that you are the best mother your children ever had. And give yourself some credit. Take some time to breathe. You are doing better than you think. Now here's Cindy. You are all doing better than you think. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of From One Mom to Another. My name is Cindy Anderson, author of a book called One Mom to Another. Here with me is my daughter, Stephanie Taylor, and we're going to talk today about transitions in motherhood. I think one of the hardest things about motherhood are those transitions. You just figure out what to do with a baby and they become toddlers. You figure out what to do with toddlers and then they become pre-K and then they go to kindergarten. And with each transition comes a new learning curve. And it just seems like, you know, as moms, we are always trying to figure it out. I feel like with each transition, whether they're transitioning through the newborn stages or young adult life, you just feel like you're, you're moving to another chapter. I think depending on which stage it is, there's even a small grieving process for what right. you're behind with that child. And if you have more than one child, a lot of times you're going through multiple transitions. You do just kind of have to kind of sit down for a little bit and think about it and, and, and grieve a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, you get up and you have to go fix dinner or something. (laughs) Someone calls you for something and then something. Yeah. Moms don't get a lot of time for inner reflection for sure. (laughs) Babies, you know, they change every six weeks. So you get them figured out and and you just, you get them figured out too. And then they start to teeth. The main consistent part of raising or, or, you know, growing a newborn is that things change. You get very, yeah, that change. Yeah. I think one of the, the first hard transitions for me was when the summer before kindergarten, mm-hmm. because you've, you've got this sweet little toddler baby. And then, you know what, you know, the, the toddler plus years, they go to preschool and, all of a sudden, I don't know what happens that summer before kindergarten, something changes. I don't know if they, they outgrow you. They, I don't, I don't know if it's nature's way of saying, yes, it's fine to send them to school. I, I don't know what happens. Did you find that with your kids? Oh, five for five. I mean, even, even my yeah. kids who didn't actually want to go to kindergarten, they yeah. still, we spent that whole year refiguring each other out like all of a sudden they're kind of shifting in their temperament a little bit they're Mm -hmm. um you're 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 no longer funny yeah and I'm seven for seven I did they all they all did it and um it it takes you by surprise and it's and it's hard on the other hand too I mean it's 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 hard to send your child off to kindergarten even if they've been driving you crazy all summer Melanie is my oldest child and we lived in Arizona when she was um, in kindergarten and we were friends with a family of 10 children so Melanie our oldest was in kindergarten class with the youngest of 10 ah. so you have a young mom with her oldest child right right <laughs> with a mother that's now done this 10 times right 
And so I was, you know, I would take Melanie and just wait until I could saw her go into that kindergarten room door. And then I would just be there, you know, 20 minutes before to make sure I got her right outside, lest anything happen between right. the door and my car. Right. Well, this, this night, sweet moms had uh, quite a few of her school kids at this, this uh, elementary school. And she said, Hey, they all walk home together. Just let Melanie walk home. You know, they can walk Melanie home. You don't have to come, you know, pick her up. Because I had other kids, too, that I had to put in yeah. the car to go get. Yeah. Now, I need to tell you that we lived two blocks from the school. I and, could literally see the school from my corner yeah. of my, yeah. my street that I lived on. I was a nervous wreck. I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, yeah. Tommy, who's like, I think was in the fourth grade. He goes and gets his siblings and he'll just pick up Melanie when he picks up, you know, whoever it was that was in kindergarten with her. And they'll just all walk home. It'll be great. <laughs> and Melanie's like, I can do it. I want to do it. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's only two blocks. Okay. No, I was a nervous wreck. And they didn't all walk on the sidewalk. They didn't walk all together. They were all, you know, it, I, yeah. and how do I know this? Because I was on the corner watching. <laughs> 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 like oh yeah 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 no, I'll let him walk home and supervise <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm cool with this and I just sat there and I thought oh this is this is a disaster like Melanie was walking at one point on somebody's lawn all by herself I'm like he's not even watching her <laughs> okay now I also have to say that every other kid from that school was walking home right so it wasn't even just these four kids there were 25 30 kids all walking down the two blocks to home then you cut to my Michael going to kindergarten. Right. And I dropped him off. I, I said he was a walker. I dropped him off about a block away. He walked the rest of the way to school because we, we, li we lived too far away and too busy streets. So he couldn't walk yeah. to school. Yeah. And then I, I wasn't going to mess with that carpool stuff. And so I parked a block away. So he walked to the car and, and I had to laugh because other mothers who are sending their first child out to kindergarten. How can you do that? Don't you worry about them? And I thought, well, you know, the circle of life. So, you know, there, there's, there's that kind of thing too. You know, the first time you, you do something with a child and then, you know, you certainly get a little bit more used to it. Well, and I think that's the key too, though, those transitions, especially the first few is the, the, tr the trust in statistics. <laughs> Mm -hmm. statistically, yes. yeah. X amount of kids have done the same transition and they're all fine and your kid will be too. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Like you saw the tw 25 kids walking out of the elementary school right. two blocks and they were all fine all the yeah. time. But yeah, it's just like, so yeah. like your child because then you're just sure yeah. that they'll be the, the, the outlier on the statistical spectrum. I know. <laughs> I know. And I would also like to say that I was the only mother standing at the corner. So obviously I was the new kid on the block. Um, <clears throat> I think also too, that transitions are hard for children. And it's hard, you know, whether my kids had a full day kindergarten or if your kids, you know, have full time first grade, this is both yours and your child's. If, you know, they were in daycare previously of being in the care of a stranger all day long and as amazing right. and as wonderful as teachers are mm -hmm. it's a weird shift and, it, and and I feel like it stresses yeah. them out a little bit like my kids would come home from their 
especially the first two months of kindergarten would just come home and just like rage yell, you know, <laughs> just yeah, like yeah. processing the stress and some handled it slightly better than others. But mm-hmm. again, almost five for five, they just, that was just their little body's way of processing just the stress of being on their best behavior all day or their, yeah. you know, and I would say the same is, is true for all different types of transitions too, whether you're putting your child in, in childcare for the first time, or you go back to work and there's some shift and change mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, it just yeah. kids process that stress in their own little ways. They really do. And, and, and I think, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes you both have to just sit down and have a good cry. Yeah. Avery, my third child, she said, but mm-hmm. you didn't ever see you cry I said well no I'm putting you on the bus I was all smiles and waves and wave to you I said but what do you think I was doing right. the whole way home you know just <laughs> yeah crying or kind of throughout the day just kind of missing you guys or you know it's it's, a yeah. hard, it's hard on everybody so what's so what, what would be the takeaway then for young moms getting ready to kind of face some of these big transitions well I think I think first off you know you you have those talks with them and tell them what you know what's coming up and prepare them for what they're going to do. You like to play school. And mm-hmm. so you, you, I'd give you little worksheets and stuff and you would do all your answers. And I had to just put a star. All correct. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> and that is exactly how you said it. Yeah. All. Four plus four is indeed 22. Thank you <laughs> very much. I would like my star, please. Now, the younger kids would see me do flashcards with the older kids mm-hmm. and homework. And I remember Daniel wanted to ride the bus so badly. He would see the other kids get on the bus. And so I, and he wanted the backpack and he wanted the lunch and everything. So mm-hmm. I, we got him a backpack, put stuff in the backpack, made him a lunch. I was the bus. I'd pull the car around to the front. He'd come out, hop in. <laughs> I mean, the fun ended when he realized we were actually going to go run errands. So it wasn't as fun. Right. <laughs> but he, he just, man, he was beaming. I'm coming out to the bus. And so I think, you know, you do those kinds of things with your children too. And it helps mm-hmm. them foster excitement, um, you know, and, I, and preparing him for those kinds of things. I, I always tried to find books that talked about it, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, a fiction, fictional book or, you know, whatever that dealt with whatever theme, yeah. potty training or preschool or kindergarten you know just because it kind of helps kids to see it play out before their eyes Mm -hmm. in the story and realize that things are fine have their Mm -hmm. that transition put into some kind of context for them maybe it would be my advice for moms you know get ready to make this transition and always on the first day of school even all the way through college how is that first day and you just let them tell you all about it you know, to really, you know, how was kindergarten and what was your teacher and what it was your favorite mm-hmm. part and what did you, you know, and I remember picking Daniel up from, from kindergarten and he, he got in the car and I said, bud, how'd it go? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and he goes, I have the biggest shoes and I'm sure, and I think I can beat everybody up. <laughs> I'll take that as that a win. I'll take that as yeah. a win. But let's also that, talk about being kind to others. That's great, bud. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a mother, you're just kind of like, hmm. hmm. All right. So you have it all under control and I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the principal's office. <laughs> okay. And I just think you keep open communication with your children and there's some things you just can't plan for. You just don't know how they're going to, how they're going to go. And I think, you know, that is a good segue to middle school. Yeah. That transition. <laughs> 
You just don't know how things are going to go. No. Colon, the middle school years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh my goodness, those are the worst. And can I just say, <laughs> I don't really understand as public school kind of form and evolve. Like I get like why you would want to separate, you know, that age group from the younger kids and from the older kids. But you basically you have, you know, several hundred hormone-driven, insecure, preteen teenagers, you put them all in one building to each other with minimal adult supervision, and then you say, may the strongest survive without any major (laughs) emotional or mental issues. The hormones start to come in play. Popular kids start to come in play. Their self-esteem, they start really noticing that world around them and how do they fit in that world. Lunchtime and in the cafeteria. Help them if, yeah, lunchtime. Because in elementary, you have to sit with your class. So you, you have a guaranteed right. group of kids that you sit with. Right. Even if no one talks to you, at least you're not. But in right. middle school, you can sit wherever you want. And all yeah. of a sudden now, it's like, it's like hunger games, right? Like, right. you find yourself yeah. as an outlier. You don't have a pack. Right. You feel like you're toast. It's just a hard time. And as they worry over their self-esteem as they worry about being cool that causes anxiety in them and their behavior at home starts to change mm-hmm. as they try to figure this out and school steps it up they've got more homework and they've got you know more pressure and they're changing classes and they're you know it's just there's just a lot that's thrown at them in that, in that middle school transition absolutely well and then and then so not only are you dealing with different types of issues with your middle school than you do with your elementary schooler. But you are now what I like to, what I call myself as the unpaid or um, underappreciated Uber driver. Yes. yes. <laughs> the, un- the Uber driver that does not get paid and not always even think. I would spend it's crazy, like from 2.30 in the afternoon when the high schoolers were you know done mm-hmm. till about seven or eight at night, sometimes even later. Picking right. up, dropping off, picking up, dropping off, and, and, and in all different directions and for all different things. And you just feel like I spent half of my day in a car. I know. Well, I told you Michael was, was raised in a car seat. Yeah. The biggest I, mistake I've ever made as a parent, when we bought our last vehicle in 2015, we were trying to be frugal, so I didn't buy anything fun in the vehicle. I will never make that no, mistake again. I tell every parent entering in the middle school year that if you are looking to buy a vehicle by the nicest money van whatever vehicle whatever that your money can afford because you will be mm-hmm. that'll be your second yeah. home you might as well really enjoy it i take advantage of the car time i think when kids are struggling at school for whatever reason trying to work their way through this new made middle school mm-hmm. but sometimes they withdraw and they don't they don't talk about the things that are going on um, in their life. Right. And we can't help them. We can't help them with this transitional time or, uh, um, if they don't talk to us. And so, and if you try to talk to them in their house, in your home, they can say, I don't want to talk. And they can go in their room and shut the door. Right. right. But when you have them in the car, they're not going anywhere. Mm-mm. And you don't even really even have to talk about what's going on at school. You just, you can just kind of have a fun conversation Mm-hmm. And, you know, just say, hey, how are you doing, you know, with your friends or, you know, talk about if they're what they're interested in and, and you know, let them explain um, 
whatever that is, whatever their that interest is. But it just it, it's a good relationship builder, so that when some hard things have to be talked about or they're going through a harder time, you've got that base there. Mm-hmm. Um, because in middle school, the times that you're at odds or conflict with your children are going to be more than the times that you're not. Right. That flips because of you, because of the, when they're younger, that's different. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I, I always tried to do is if I was going to be in the car six hours a day, I was going to use it to my advantage and really see if I can you know, really check in with the kids and really use that time for conversation and, um, you know, re- relationship building. Yeah. And like I said, they couldn't go anywhere. And when I raised kids, they didn't have phones and things to look at in the car. I mean, it was just me or I could turn on the radio and they wouldn't, they did not want to listen to my music. So (laughs) (laughs) we can either talk you can tell me how it's going to be or that's right. She's going on. Yeah. We can listen to Billy Ray Cyrus and achy breaky heart. You just choose (laughs) any other takeaways. No, I love that. Just, yeah. Use that car ride to talk with your kids. I would say, Instead of asking, how was your day? You know, yes and no questions, especially in the middle mm-hmm. school years. Ask mm-hmm. open-ended questions. Right. Know, what are some things you're learning about? Yeah. Tell me about I, something I would, you talked to that day. Just, you know, just so that they can't just give you the yes. Yes uh, or no. Why, you know, which is pretty. Yeah. My, I, I, for a time when, when Melanie um, had a baby, I uh, dropped off and picked up uh, Drew, one of my grandchildren from school. And every day he knew it was coming. What was your favorite thing that happened today? Mm-hmm. What was your least favorite thing that happened today? Yeah. And, you know, those kinds of questions, you're absolutely right. Well, and my girls, I never had a problem with my girls because they're more than happy to talk. Right. And, I mean, that's just what they, it's just their personalities. Right. We had to get a little smarter with Weston, who's mm-hmm. my preteen, preteen boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. Things are good. Yeah. Are they though? Because... That tells me nothing. That tells me nothing yeah, about your life. It's a challenging time for everybody. And, um, you know, just, uh, and we get through that time and they go to high school and yeah. driving and dating. And I tell you, that is, it is like letting your child drive and date. It's like standing on the edge of the cliff mm-hmm. and telling them they can like peer over the cliff yeah, like as far as they want. Like you're just like, <laughs> yeah, what? yeah. I so Melanie, our oldest, turned sixteen, and I looked at her and I thought, who in their right mind thought that a sixteen-year-old should be behind a wheel? Now, when I was sixteen, it made perfect sense. Well, sure. And then the dating, and all of a sudden, you're like, holy cow! There's so much that I haven't taught you yet. And so I would find myself like in really random moments, all of a sudden, just right. dropping some truth bombs. Like if you want to date with a guy and he thinks that he gets to kiss you because he took you out well, then you need to tell him. <laughs> and Eden would just kind of, because she was my oldest and could, you know, uh-huh. her eyes would just kind of get wider and wider. And then yeah. I, I could always tell like when I've hit like the truly crazy point in the conversation, because then the uh-huh. eyes would just kind of glaze. And it was almost like a survival <laughs> death tactic for her to just like check out. Because it was just like crazy, like trying to fit like every safety yeah. lesson I've ever learned. Well, in our day, it was make sure you have a quarter so you can use a payphone. 
Yeah. While they have yeah. their cell phones. Yeah. My, my ours yeah. is yeah. make sure you have an Uber app, the Uber app on your phone. So yeah. You're on right home if the guy's. Yeah. Are, yeah. 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 And, it, and it doesn't even stop. I mean, you know, I send my kids to college and, and I'm saying, okay, first date, you meet him. Like you meet him there. Oh, and you know, the, and the, the crazy thing is that when I was at school, you know, these guys <laughs> showed up in a pickup truck outside of our apartment, oh called out, gosh. hey, who wants to go to the dunes with us? And we're all like, oh really? yeah. <laughs> didn't even know their names. We hopped mm-hmm. in cars. We followed them up to like these remote areas. <laughs> we stayed with them all through the day, had a fire at night on the dunes and didn't even think twice about like, their predilection for like serial yeah. killer and, or you know yeah. nothing or like anything just... and I just would like to say how glad I am that I'm hearing this story now <laughs> that you I, was, that I made it home safe from all those days and this we'll just let's go ahead and segue into the into the off to college if dating and driving is letting your kids stand at the very edge of the cliff I feel like sending mm-hmm. them to college is telling them, oh. to them on the cliff and trusting that like you've given them the parachute Mm-hmm. you've done all you yeah. can they've got that all you're teaching is like their parachute and it's gonna mm-hmm. work and they're gonna apply it and they're gonna be safe on the on the way down like right it is the hardest so it we sent hard. eden off to school on tuesday and because of covid things and things with my job and my husband's job we didn't fly out with her but i have we have family there that were mm-hmm. amazing mom fill-ins and took great care of her. I just cried that day. I cried as soon as she went down the escalator. I cried on my whole way home from the airport. I came home, cried. I took a little break from crying to take a nap because I was really tired from crying. (laughs) I cried some more. And 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 then the next day I was fine. But I just took a day to just Mm -hmm. kind of have a little pity party because Mm -hmm. like we were kind of saying earlier, there's just this grief you feel mm-hmm. at losing that stage of motherhood or ending that stage of motherhood mm-hmm. in which they are in your home. You see them at, at the end of each day. Mm-hmm. You're still the parent. It, it, it's just grief that you have to kind of just process. And yeah. And, and this transition is different than some of the other transition transitions because, you know, they are, so excited to go that summer before college is like the summer before kindergarten. Like they are smarter than you. They have life figured out. Mm -hmm. You know, they they try to fire you from being their mom. They're just ready to go. And I remember taking Caroline to school and we were flying there and I was sitting in the seat thinking, I I can't, she's number six. And I was still like, I'm going to have to leave another child in a different state. Yeah. You know, of the country. Yeah. And, um, and I'm going to have to come home. I'm going to have to go home to Texas and leave her, you know, five, six states away. So I turned over to look at her with, with a sentimental smile. And that girl is beaming <laughs> from ear to ear with excitement. She oh. could barely sit still. And the closer we got um, to, to her destination, she just got happier and happier. And I thought, oh, man, like... <laughs> So I only need one box of tissues then apparently because yeah, yeah. because she's not gonna not cry. And yeah, you know, and, and Eden was prepared. She she 
printed out maps of the airport. She got herself through her connections. She like her parachute a opened. Yeah. Yeah. She's and had so much fun with her aunts and her uncles and having a great time. Know, having a great time. And you know, I just I texted her and said, Hey, are you okay at night? And uh she said, I just made some, some herbal tea and climbed in bed and I'm reading a book and I'm like, oh my goodness, you're flying. Like that was just so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Just darling. And, and they, not that they, then the next part of the transition, I will say, is that then they realize they don't know what they're doing and they call you up. Every child has called me about day two, day three. Um, hey mom, <laughs> what, what about this? What, about, what, what do I do about, yeah, what do I do about that? And I feel like as they transition from, I know everything and, and good for them that they would have, it's what they need to have the confidence as much as it might drive us a little crazy to have the confidence to go out into, into the world and, and make, make their way as they, as you say, then when they realize, oh, wait a minute, still need mom, then it gives you this opportunity to start at the beginning of what is going to be your adult relationship. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a one, it's just a wonderful thing. What are some things, let's talk about some things that we can do that might help our kids uh, be successful for that first year out. Well, I think about my um, senior year of high school, and I didn't really have a lot of rules my senior year of high school. At that point, I didn't really have a curfew. I didn't have, uh, I mean, I worked. I kind of just came and go as I, as I mm-hmm. needed to. And I, I mean, I always checked in with you guys, right? And I never took the car without permission or, you know. You like, always checked like in that, and but, we always knew where you were at. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it is good. It was good for me to kind of practice having some autonomy so that mm-hmm. I didn't go out to school and then just go crazy a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, short mm-hmm. of, you know, hopping in random guys' pickup trucks. Um, sure. But, you know, I just, well, it was my first taste. And, and I, and in, in a still safe place, I also had consequences for my actions. And so I got to mm-hmm. kind of see a little bit like, oh, I got to, choose things more carefully because it, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't as um high stakes as being out on your own yeah. yet yeah well and I you know I just that was a conscious decision on dad and I's part we thought um they, they need to be able to uh have that euphoria of of cho- choosing and kind of conducting their life mm-hmm. in the safety of home where we could we yeah. we could um intervene if if we needed to and and so we did we we loosened the reins a lot yeah so yeah. that when you went out to school you know you 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 had done this before and yeah. Yeah. maybe would be a little bit more level-headed than the kids that had never had that little bit of freedom mm-hmm. um i remember though michael he went out he went out the first uh for summer after he graduated from high school he did uh-huh. a summer semester and anytime anything came up, now we were in Texas and he's in Utah. So, you know, he called up and go, hey, some friends want to go up to, um, want to go camping this weekend. Can I go? I'm like, <laughs> okay. You know, or if it was a situation that I thought was, didn't sound right, I'd say, well, you know, I don't know if that really sounds, you know, 
like a good idea. You know, where are you at with your homework? I usually kind of help him talk through, talk himself out of going. But nine times out of 10, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds, sounds like fun. So then he left for a couple of years to serve a mission for our church. And he comes back and goes back to school and I get a phone call. Hey, mom, um, my friend from Arizona is going home and we all want to go with him because they live on, you know, they live on a ranch and we want to go. Can I go? Is that okay? Like, yeah, that sounds fun. You can go. Well, this went on uh, for a year. I mean, he was probably 22 and he called me up and he said, Hey, we're all going up to so-and-so's cabin this weekend. You know, can I go? And then he stopped and he goes, what do you, what, what do I still have to ask you permission? Like (laughs) if you say no, I could still just go. Right. (laughs) I just started laughing and I just, that was just so fun for me because none of you, none of the other kids ever did that. No, no. you know, none. I would call you, like you said, I would call you and tell you after things happened. Yeah. Like, okay, this is what we did. And yeah. And I remember before you went to school, I said, no bridge jumping. Yeah. You bridge jumped. I know you did. Oh, absolutely. I, well, yeah. I called and told you. I said, we, yeah, went. yeah, you did. And I'm like, you're not allowed to do that. And you're like, okay, well, I did, whatever, so. mom. I did. So <laughs> yeah. Hence my theory of just tell me afterwards. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, so Michael and I really had a really good laugh about that. And then, he, then I said, I said, yeah, but, but you're 22, you're like, you know, you're 22, I was 23 years old, like, you know, what am I going to do? I'm in Texas and you're in Utah. And so, uh, so he just laughed and then he goes, okay, but can I go? <laughs> like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> Michael. So, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a, of an interesting time. And I think, you know, that transition does take some preparation I mean, certainly aren't we preparing them their whole lives to, you know, be responsible and money is a finite thing. Mm, yeah. When the kids would want something and, you know, just for fun, I would say, you know, I'll, I'll go in half or would this something that you'd spend your money on? And, oh, no, I don't really want it if I spend my money on it. You know, just having <laughs> them understand about budgets and money. and That was probably you know, that. the best so there was one summer when the girls all kind of nannied and I said, I said, you know, we don't really have the money to do everyone back to school shopping. So I need you girls to mm-hmm. get a job of sorts so that you can contribute most of your, mm-hmm. to most of your school shopping. And so the girls got this nannying job and we went to, to go get their clothes and, you know, rewind six months, we would go shopping and they would ask for something and they would say, well, it's only $45. Right. Right. And from having zero clue what it takes to earn forty five dollars. <laughs> so mm-hmm. then yeah. and they went shopping yeah. with their own like hard earned money and they saw mm-hmm. like what they got per hour. When they wanted to go buy something, they were like, Oh, this is like four hours of babysitting. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden like <laughs> right. forty five dollar sweater actually like they understood what forty five dollars mm-hmm. meant. And so right. I feel like I feel like that's pretty, pretty crucial for kids to experience mm-hmm. before they leave for school. Yeah, I do, I do too. Yeah, I think it's really important. Well, that is all the time we have for today's episode about transitions. 
Thank you for listening. And I hope that you got some good takeaways from this that will help you work through those transitions of mothering that are often hard and challenging. We appreciate you listening. And remember, as always, you're doing better than you think. I need some harmony.